Good morning. I'm Pastor Nick. Welcome to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We hope today's message will be a help to you. May God bless you. Bibles, which I hope you do, would you turn with me to John chapter 8? John chapter 8, and we will be reading from verse 31 and continue to verse 36. And if you are able to, would you stand as we read God's word? John chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean we will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can gather together in your word, that we can hear from you. And Father, indeed, we pray that as we prepare our hearts and our minds for revival, that truly, God, you would do something new in us. And so, Lord, we pray that you would remove all distractions from around us, that you would help us to focus on you and the moving of your spirit. And we pray, God, that you would help us to be obedient as we respond to however you lead us. So we commit this message into your hands. We commit this time into your hands. Have your way, God, and take control. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. From the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, many people wondered, who is this man? And how is he able to do the kind of things that he was doing? Like heal the sick, cast out demons, and even forgive people of their sins. Many people wondered by whose power and authority was he acting on? And some even went as far as to believe that he was acting on the power of the evil one. But Jesus made it clear that he had come from God and he was here to do the will of God. And the people who believed in him, he referred to as his disciples. You see, Jesus made a bold claim in referring to himself as the truth. Not only does Jesus teach us what is true, and he proclaims truth, but Jesus is the truth. He tells us that he is the truth, that we can believe his word, that we can believe his claims, that we can believe what he says. How do we know what is true? Have you ever thought about that? How do people truly know what is true? When we think about where the world came from and, and how this all exists, when we think about why we exist and what we're here for, what our purpose here on earth is, when we think about what will happen to us one day when we leave this world and we leave this life, what will happen? 
Jesus tells us that because he is the truth, we can find those answers in him. And his holy word points us to the truth. The holy word, the Bible, is God's roadmap to the truth. It lays out clearly those things, and it tells us and, and helps us to understand how things are pieced together. Now, of course, we don't know every single thing, but what we do know is what is essential to salvation. What we do know is what we need to know in order to have a meaningful relationship with God. These important questions that we have in life, the answers are found in Christ. They are found in God himself. He offers us those answers. He offers us this truth. The holy word, God's word, is the inerrant, infallible word of God. There are no mistakes, no contradictions. God's word is true. And, and, and you know, so many people look at the, the Bible and they say, oh, it's false or it's not relevant or it contradicts itself. And people are more inclined to believe secular texts. People are even more inclined to believe what they read on social media than they are to believe the word of God. When Jesus says, this is truth. This is the truth. But you see, so many people have been deceived by the father of lies. They have been deceived by Satan. Friends, our world is being deceived. Our world needs revival. In a culture where there's so much talk about being woke, have you heard that? about being woke, accepting socially the things around us and the changes in lifestyle. There's so much talk about having a woke mentality. This couldn't be further from the truth because people are spiritually asleep. And there are so many people who are walking around just sleepwalking spiritually their way through life. Because spiritually, they are asleep. Spiritually, they've been blinded by the lies and the deception of the enemy. And it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to say, this is the truth. And to show the world that this is the truth that will lead to everlasting life. You see, people don't get it. People are confused. They're being misled because the devil is a liar. And he comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And it's important for people to wake up because they're falling prey to the things that Satan is doing, to the things that the kingdom of darkness is running rampant in our world. And if you can't see that, then I don't know how else to describe the things that he's infiltrating in entertainment, in TV shows, in schools, in, in our workplaces, in, in our marriages, in our identities. If you cannot see that Satan is blinding this world by deception, then I don't know. You need to wake up because this is the truth. Jesus is the truth and he tells us that he is the truth. People are deceived. What was once considered wrong is now accepted as right. What was once considered sin is now accepted as a matter of opinion. The enemy 
needs to be fought. And we can only do that through prayer because it is a spiritual battle that we are facing. Our world is spiritually sick. Our world is spiritually sick. People are dying. People need to be revived. They need to be revived. And if that doesn't move you, if that doesn't move you thinking about the world and people that need to be revived, then think about this. Many of our family members and friends are part of that. Many of our family members and friends are being deceived or have been deceived and we need to pray for them. We need to fight that spiritual battle on their behalf because they need us. Because they're spiritually asleep or they're blinded. And we need to pray and we need to fast that God would move, that he would open up their eyes, that he would help them to see. Because so many people are on their way to hell. And we need to be moved by that. Just because we know the Lord and we know the truth, we need to share the love of Christ. We need to tell as many people the truth as possible. We need to help people to understand that there is a way and his name is Jesus. That there is hope in this world. That God is love and he sent his son because he wants to spend eternity with each one of us. We need to help our world. We need to pray that God would help people to spiritually wake up and be revived. We need to pray that God would help open their spiritual eyes and reveal the truth to them. We need to stop allowing the enemy to spread his lies. We need to take a stand as believers, as parents, take a stand, teach your children, teach your grandchildren the truth. As a church, as a body of Christ, together, we are in a spiritual battle and we need to share the truth about Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And people need to know. Jesus has come to set us free. He is what makes sense. He is the answer to every question that we have. He is the one that we are to run to, to depend on, to look to, to be comforted by, to provide for us. He is the truth that we are to go to. He is the perfect standard of what is right. On Friday, September 15th, you've already heard that we are going to be having a night of prayer. And I seriously want to ask you to come. To come not only for us to pray, to prepare ourselves for revival, but we need to come to pray for our world. We need to come to pray for our brothers and sisters who are lost, who have backslidden, who don't know Christ, who need to be spiritually awoken for their eyes to be woken up, for them to be able to see the truth. There are so many family members and friends that we have who don't know the Lord yet. Let us come and intercede on their behalf. And so come and join me on Friday from 7 to 10. You don't have to stay the whole time, but I encourage you to. And we're going to come and we're going to seek God. And we're going to intercede for those needs. In verse 34, Jesus replies, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Jesus says, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. See, as sinners, before we come to Christ, we are slaves to sin. 
That is because sin enslaves us and it keeps us in a spiritual bondage. Sin enslaves us and it keeps us in spiritual bondage. See, when we commit a sin, what we're doing is allowing that to be attached to us in a way. Where when we commit a sin, we're allowing that sin to be part of who we are. And if you think about it symbolically, it's like having an attachment to yourself. Okay? Are you following me? It's like creating an attachment that sin has. And it's between us and that sinful behavior. So the longer we continue in sin, the more entangled we become with that sin. The longer we continue, the more entangled it causes us to be. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, tells us, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. The sin that so easily entangles us. Miss Pat, if you would come. And even though we might not literally see things hanging off of us, the more we sin, the more those attachments get made. They are things that keep us in spiritual bondage. And I wanted to show you this as an example to help you to understand. And we're just going to mute this for a second. If you think about it visually... We don't see things physically hanging off of us, but spiritually, the more we sin, the more these things become attached to us. And sometimes we, we become attached because we continue to give in to temptation. We continue to go over and over into the same sin that we've been struggling with for years. The same things that we have been struggling with, even when we ask God to forgive us. See, we have a choice in what we do. And there's temptation that constantly comes after us. And when we give into those sins, we are basically coming into agreement, okay? And then when we come into agreement by allowing those sins to continue in our life, we are giving legal right for evil forces to come into our life. And I know that some of you might not understand this, but continue following me here. And the more and more we sin, the more things get attached to us. The more we sin, the more we are letting things happen. The enemy wants to create a foothold in your life. He wants to create a foothold. And when we give into that foothold enough, it then becomes a stronghold in our life. You've heard of it? The more and more we give into something, the deeper and deeper we go in sin, the harder it is for us to overcome on our own. That is why the only thing that can break attachments in our life is the power of Christ. It is the only thing that can break those attachments. See, some of you have been struggling with the same things for years. Some of you have been struggling with the same sins, and you've tried to do it on your own. You've tried to overcome them. You've tried to stop, and maybe you were successful for a while. But the truth is that if those attachments are not broken off in the name of Jesus, then they will continue to linger in our life.
They will continue to, to linger and be a stumbling block for us. You see, God forgives us when we come before him, but he also gives us free will. He gives us the choice to choose what we're going to do. Jesus forgave people, but oftentimes after forgiving them, he would say something to the effect of, go and sin no more. Do you remember that? He would tell them, go and sin no more. In John chapter 5, there's a story of Jesus healing a paralyzed man, the man by the pool of Bethsaida. And after Jesus heals him, he says this. In verse 14, he says, later Jesus found him at the temple, that is, found the man who he healed. He said, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. You see, when we continue in sin, we are opening or leaving open spiritual doors in our life. We are allowing those spiritual doors to be open, and when we open them, we cannot control what comes through them. Think about leaving your front door open. If you left your front door open all night, you don't have control over what comes in. Things can come and go. People can come and go. You don't have control over that. It is the same thing spiritually. When we leave spiritual doors open, we cannot control what comes in, and it is a very dangerous thing. We need to ask God to forgive us. We need to ask for forgiveness of sins. We need to deal with the issues that we have been faced with, that we have been struggling with, that have continued to be a temptation and a stumbling block in our life. And we need to ask the Lord not only to forgive us, but to break those things off of us so that there are no more strings attached. These physical things can manifest in our life. And they can cause us to be afflicted spiritually, mentally, and physically. Now, I'm going to say this once, so don't misunderstand. Not everything that happens to people is as a result of demons or evil spirits. You got that? Okay, so I want to make sure you understand that's not what I'm saying. However, we cannot ignore the fact that biblically there is evidence of times where Jesus cast out demons from people that these demons afflicted them in some physical way. The spirit of infirmity or these spirits afflicted them mentally or emotionally or spiritually in some way. So there's biblical evidence of this. For those of you who think this stuff isn't real, friends, wake up. It's in the word of God. This is true and this is real and we need to deal with it. Because if we don't deal with it, it's going to continue. And it's important that we understand the works of the kingdom of darkness so that it can be exposed and we can know how to fight spiritually. We can know the tactics of the enemy. Satan tries everything that he can to keep us in bondage. That is why it is different, difficult for us to break certain addictions or habits or sinful things in our life. That's why we can't get over things that happened from the past. We can't move forward and our lives 
are still being held back by these attachments, by these strings that weigh us down or hold us back. And we're tempted to give in over and over again. You see, when we choose to give in and to sin and to live a sinful life, we return to our old ways and we reopen spiritual doors that allow attachments to be made. And sometimes those attachments can be made because of things that have happened to us. Sometimes because of trauma or experiences that you've experienced, maybe as a child or an adult, those things can enter into our lives and cause an attachment. For someone who may have been sexually assaulted or abused, I'm so sorry that you've gone through that. And that can open a door that you didn't mean to open, but somebody did because of what they've done to you. Sometimes attachments can be made because of things that have been passed down through generations, through the bloodline and things that you, your parents struggled with or your grandparents struggled with and their learned habits or learned behaviors or, or things that have just continued. Sometimes attachments can be made because of relationships that have been had out of the, the, the confines of marriage. You see, when you Stay with someone and, and when you have relations with someone outside of marriage, there is a spiritual attachment that is forming. People don't understand. They think it's just a physical thing. No, it is physical, it is emotional, and it is spiritual. And those things need to be broken. And some of you, and we're Friends, we're not going to play church today. We're going to pretend. We're, we're going to know that these things are real. Okay? And this is not to bring shame and condemnation, but it is to help you to be released from these things. Some of you in your earlier years have had relations outside of marriage, and those attachments have never been broken, and they need to be broken off for you to be able to move forward. Witchcraft, psychics, Ouija boards, those things can open up spiritual doors in our life, friends, engaging and playing with dark magic, those, all those things. We can have attachments that need to be cut off in, in other ways. Some of you are attached to people that you have no business being attached to. Some of you need to cut off that boyfriend or girlfriend that is leading you into sin. Some of you need to cut off those friends or those groups of friends who are constantly gossiping and, and talking negative and, and putting down other people. And listen, this is not just for young people. Many of you have older friends as adults who do these things. And we need to cut those things off because those are bad attachments. Attachments from names you were called as a child. You were bullied. And maybe those names are still part of your life that you still think of yourself as dumb and ugly and useless. Maybe you still think of yourself as a mistake or someone who's a failure or will never amount to anything. Those are attachments in our life that we need to break and we need to cut off. Attachments from abuse we suffered as children from our parents. You know, we joke a lot about, oh, when I was little, you know, my parents beat me or this and that, but it's not a joke because some of you have really been traumatized from the abuse that you suffered and you have carried that hurt and that pain for years and you need to be freed from it. Some of you are dealing with attachments of neglect, 
of rejection because a parent left you when you were a child or didn't want you. Friends, these are real things that we're going to deal with today. And these are attachments that can be formed in our life. So knowing all of this, what can we do? Okay, I have these attachments. I have all of these strings attached to me. What can I do about it? Here's the good news. Jesus tells us that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. Jesus is the only one who can truly set us free. He is the only one who can truly set us free from the bondage that sin keeps us in. And we need to ask God not only for forgiveness, as I said, but to help to shut the door, to help remove and to break off those attachments so that they are no longer a hindrance or a stumbling block in our life. We need to remove all traces of those things. But those doors will remain open if we are continuously harboring unforgiveness in our heart and or if we are unrepentant for the sins that we have committed. My friends, there is freedom in Christ. And in order for us to truly experience revival, then we need to look to the one who can give us that freedom. And it is only Jesus Christ who can offer that to us. We want revival. Amen? We want revival to come in our own lives. We want revival to come in our church. We want revival to come in our city, in our country. And globally, we want revival to come. But revival comes when we understand that we are a sinful people in the presence of a holy God. Revival happens when we fall on our knees and we confess and say, God, we are unworthy to be in your presence. And we need your forgiveness, we need your grace, and we need your mercy. Revival happens when we stop accepting the nonsense that is going on around us. And we say, God, open up the eyes of people who need to see the truth and who need to know the Lord. Revival happens when we are revived, when a fresh anointing falls upon us and when God begins to do a new work in our life. Revival happens when we wake up from being spiritually asleep and we say, God, come and fill me. Come and use me. Come and lead me in the way everlasting. <sighs> to be revived means that something within you is awoken spiritually. It means that something within you longs to say, God, come and set me free, because the one that you set free is free indeed. And some of you need to say, enough is enough. Enough is enough with the things that have been attached. Enough is the, enough of the secret sins that you've been struggling with and the, the sinful habits that you've been dealing with secretly and quietly. Enough is enough of the things that have run in my generation because they ran in my family, but they ran into me and it stops today. Be the one who says there will be no more strings attached. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We are almost out of time, 
This is Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. If you would like to hear and or watch the whole message, please go to our website, rosewoodchurch.ca. Our biggest concern is that you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I encourage you to pray this simple prayer. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus rose from the grave and is now in heaven, preparing a place for all of us who believe. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. In Christ's name, I pray, amen. If you would like to contact us at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, our phone number is 416-298-9932. Our email is office at rosewoodchurch.ca. This ministry is supported financially by people like you. If you would like to make a donation, you can send your gift by e-transfer to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. That's O-F-F-E-R-I-N-G-S at rosewoodchurch.ca. Or you can mail your check to Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 657 Milner Avenue, Scarborough, Ontario, Thank you for giving to support this preaching and teaching ministry. I'm Pastor Nick, wishing you God's blessings throughout this week. Amen.